Now, we're still on our series of the Christian family. We said that a family has to be built on the Word of God. The Word has to be first place and final authority in our lives, amen, or the life of the Christian family. The Word of God is the constitution of the family. That's the philosophy of the family, amen. Without the Word of God, every other thing we do will, be, will not be stable. If a man does not want to be stable, he can build his life on any other thing. Anything else changes. The word does not change. The Bible says forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So we live by the word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mind of God. Number two is that it should be a Christ-centered and kingdom-advanced minded or driven family. We should be what? Christ-centered, kingdom-advancement-minded, hallelujah, or kingdom-advancement-driven or focused. We should harmonize eternal values and making it our overriding consideration when we're doing things as a family. Hallelujah. That's a Christian family. A Christian family seeks the advancement of the kingdom of God because Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that the world seek after will be added unto you. So we have an assignment to seek the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We study the word. We seek the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, he will have, thou will have him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Scriptures tell us to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. So we are looking unto Jesus. We're seeking the advancement of God's kingdom and doing it together as a family, beginning with the wife and the husband. The man and his wife. Number three is that we said that love, that we have to walk in love. And love has to, love is, has to be deliberate. We're not, the Bible does not tell us to marry someone because we're in love with them. It's not written anywhere in the scriptures. But the Bible requires us, God commands us to love the people we marry. The person you marry, you should love the person. That's what the word of God says. It says, husbands, love your wives. And he says to the wives, to the older women, to teach the younger women to love their husbands and their own children. If love can be taught, it is no longer a feeling. Hallelujah. We talked about that. You could go to the previous messages, you're going to find that. Now, number four is that we should be willing to acknowledge and ask for forgiveness when we are wrong. When you find that you're wrong, don't, don't, don't go buy a Ferrari for your wife when you're wrong without saying, I'm sorry. No, that, the Ferrari doesn't cut it because God is going to be watching you and I can, I can go write it down somewhere. You're going to do worse than you did before. Do you know why? God gives grace to the humble. 
The Christian life cannot be lived without the grace of God. And that's where the spirit of God comes in. God, he is the spirit of grace. Amen. God does not want us to be unreasonable people. Hallelujah. Number five, be reasonable. Be humble. Be mutually submitted to the word of God. To God before one another. Amen. Let it be seen that you're subject to the word of God. When the Bible talks about submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord, what he's talking about there is that when somebody says something that has to do with God and is verifiable or verified from Scripture, you're supposed to submit to it. Number six is that a Christian family should identify with a local assembly of believers where they will be fellowshipping regularly and be obedient to the spiritual authority as ordained by God. Number seven, wives must understand that their husbands are not superior. And the men should also understand that they're not superior to their wives. Now, though the man is not superior, the man is in authority. So he, the Bible t- says that the wife should respect and obey him accordingly. What does it mean to submit? Submission does not mean when you agree with him that both of you should go in a particular direction. Submission comes up when you disagree with him and then you subordinate your will to his will. I know that today modern teachers like to talk about mutual submission. In the context of the marriage and the family, we don't have mutual submission. Where we have mutual submission is in the things of God. In the, I explained that earlier, right? That if Brother Zach comes up with a scripture and I am saying something, just maybe just came off the fields and I'm saying something and he says, Pastor, this is what the scripture says about what you're saying. And I open the Bible and it's correct. I'm supposed to agree with him and subordinate myself to what he has said. Do you understand? That's mutual submission. Now, but we also said that the woman's, the man's um, authority ends, that there is a statute of, there's there's limitation to to the man's authority over his wife. And the scriptures tell us that. It says that if the man says something to lead his family away from God, they're not supposed to listen to him. He is he's walking ultra virus his authority. He's going outside the scope of the authority that God gave him. That is the only place where God says we sh- should not listen to anyone, including me, the pastor. Praise God. If a minister is leading people away from the gospel, away from Christ, we should not listen to the person. Amen? Number eight is that the husband is supposed to love his wife and seek to honor her as the weaker vessel. So that's what the scripture says. You honor your wife. 
Treat her nicely. Esteem her. Both of you are joint heirs of the grace of God. So that your prayers would not be hindered. So you don't feel like the, the heavens are like brass over you. Some people say, you know, they don't even pray at all. So they don't know whether it's been outside or not. So, if you're a Christian man and you're living like that, you're in trouble. The husband should seek what is best for his wife, for her good. With both of you walking in sincerity and truth according to the word of God. Seeking what is best for each other. Hallelujah. Seek what is best for her. And she will seek what is best for you. Respect her. Honor her. Amen. Children, obey and honor your parents. Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 1 to 4, talks about spiritual parenting, but it does not throw away what it was talking about. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is talking about the pastor, the pastor and people in leadership in the church over the brethren. But verse 2 returns us to what he's talking about in a practical sense. He says, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. He says, honor your father and your mother. And the scriptures tell us that the eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother the ravens of the valley shall, shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. That was what happened to Samson. They plucked out his eyes. That was what the ravens did. Spiritual ravens removed his eyes. You know, Samson wanted to marry the daughter of an unbeliever. You know, we said that believers cannot marry unbelievers. That's a different thing if both of you were unbelievers, you got married, now you're saved, and he's not yet saved, or you're saved, she's not yet saved. You keep praying for your spouse, and the Holy Spirit will touch them. God will bring them to salvation, amen? Now, but you're not supposed to open your eyes and just go and marry an unbeliever. I say, she's fine. That was what Samson said before he lost his eyes. Hallelujah. Samson did not listen to his parents. And that was where he went and he plucked out his eyes. He didn't listen to his parents. Now let's read it. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, get her for me, for she pleased me well. You know, Samson was like maybe one of the, the NBA top players, and so he was taking care of the family. He forgot the place of honor. So when they told him, in his usual fashion of disrespect, he did not listen. And so he went and carried this lady and they plucked out his eyes. So you treat your parents with respect and godly reverence. 
Amen. That it will be well with you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 1. It says, likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Amen. And so, when we are submitting to, 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 to our parents, we're walking humbly before God. Now, Jesus, when he was about 12 years old, went into the temple and started talking with the elders and all of that. He knew, he knew that he was a son of God. He knew. But his biological parents came and said, look, because they were looking for him, they couldn't find him. Only to go back and found him talking with the elders. He said, why would you deal like that with us? Why did you tell us? The zeal of God made him say, don't you know I ought to be about my father's business? But the Bible tells us that he humbled himself and went with them. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Number 10 says that we should train up our children in the things of God. We should. We should train up our children. Don't allow your children to just grow up without any spiritual guidance and philosophy. The Bible tells us how that God regarded Abraham. Can we go to Genesis chapter 18? Verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I have from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. The next verse. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Praise the Lord Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. The next verse. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. The next verse. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine head, thy hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Let's stop there. Praise God. He's teaching us the principle of how to reach godly children. He's saying, this, this work that, I've that I'm teaching you, teach them diligently to your children. Hallelujah. And that was what God was talking about when he was talking to Abraham. He said he knows him, that Abraham will command his children and his household after him, that they should do judgment. They would do the will of God. Hallelujah. Because he loved God and he knew the ways of God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Proverbs 22 verse 6. 
He said, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. So when you train up a child in the things of God, that child will grow up in that way. Amen? Now, don't say, you know, I hear some parents say some funny stuff that where they got it from, I don't know. They said, look, I, we're not going to force our children to follow our faith. We just let them feel their way. If they believe, that's fine. If they don't believe, well, we believe that they will believe. And so when they're going to church, they ask their child, do you want to go to church? They say no. Say, okay, watch TV, watch it well while we're gone, and then you go to church. It's like you leaving your lawn and saying, my neighbor's lawn looks nice. Uh, lawn, behave yourself. Now, grow just to the height of theirs, and that'll be fine. Good, good. <laughs> you and I know you're going to have a forest there in a little bit. All right? Because homes don't look good because you thought they should look good. They look good because somebody took out time to make it look good. Isn't that true? Hallelujah. An unkept lawn will grow wild. So also an untrained child will be wild. We instinctively know that there are certain neighborhoods we should not raise kids in because they're going to pick up some stuff. And so also, if you want your child to be a godly child, take them to church. Now, the Bible says something here. It says, and when they grow up, they shall not depart from it, which means that it doesn't matter what happens in between. You know, some people say, oh, they went to church while they were with their parents. Now they've gone to college and, you know, and they say they're not quite sure what happened to the faith. Don't worry about it. They're going to come back to the faith because what is good about what is good is that it is good and the outcomes are pleasant. And what is bad about what is bad is that the outcomes are evil and unpleasant. If you tell someone, don't run a red light, because everywhere people run red lights, you know, whether they were conscious of it or not. You say, you keep doing that, they go get you. And the person says, oh, no, no. No, I don't believe in all of that. You know, they're going to get you. And when they get you, and they keep getting you, after a while, they take your license away. Praise the Lord. Not just that. Your insurance is just going to go way up. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, it will come back to bite you if you don't do what is right. And also, it can save your life. Now, assuming that somebody thought, okay, it's my turn right now to go across and as they go in, you continued, you, you, you're going to run into each other. And people get killed or wounded, injured, you know, the rest of their lives can be, you know, they can go through some suffering just because somebody refused to obey the rules. So what is good about what is good is that you will have a good outcome. The word of God gives us rules for living if we want to see good in our lives. Amen. Bible says that God is good and he does good things. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we obey him, the path of righteousness, the Bible says, there is life. In the pathway thereof, there is no death. Hallelujah. So that is the thing that we need to know about God's word. And when we're training our children, 
We take them to church. Whether they feel like it or not is irrelevant. Just carry the child, sit down. When they raise their hands and he doesn't, he starts trying to play video game, take the, the phone from the child and say, look, you need to cause it. Raise up your hands. Say, Daddy, do I have to do that? Yes. Then they raise their hands while everybody's raising their hands. You see, all those things you're doing, you're training the child in the way that they should go. You're training the child in the way they should go, not the way they want to go. Some translations say, train them according to their bent. That is a, not a correct translation because if you train a child according to their bent, the Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. So if you train him according to foolishness, what will happen? Your child will become a fool. God seeks a godly seed. And that godly seed is trained. And Nazarites, all right, praise God, what, what they did was that their parents, when God was bringing them in, God said, this is your child. Don't give him wine to drink. And don't let razor go over his head. He belongs to me. So the parent already knows before they start raising the child. So they're training the child in the way the child should go. It's not that the child will come out and the child might want to drink, but they say, no, you, you don't let anything go through his mouth. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor princes strong drink, lest they forget the law and oppress the people.